That's your cue. Oh, hi, I'm Jace. Gre- <laughs> greetings, world greetings. of funeral. <laughs> greetings, world. Um, Jace, uh, how do I know you? <laughs> well, I met your husband at a wedding reception. Oh, that's right. We met. I'm, yeah. Okay, so it was Marlon Winston's were, wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he was at the rehearsal. It was at the wedding rehearsal the night before the rehearsal dinner. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It was at the reception, at the wedding. I wasn't at the rehearsal dinner, though. That you were one. you were at the rehearsal, and I remember walking up. Oh God, yes, I was. You and told I was me like, "Where the stranger?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah," but I was like, "Where the fuck is my husband? Where the fuck is this rehearsal?" I was in such a bad mood. <laughs> the babysitter was late, and I got there, and I like walk up, and I'm just like, I look at Jason. I'm like, "You look like somebody that would know." Why? <laughs> Do you remember why thinking that? <laughs> you look like I don't know a anything. Winston's friend. Yeah. You know, you look like And uh, I was like, where time, the fuck do I go? First time I met you, you told me all you told me the thing about never I never met a stranger and I was like, I don't trust anyone who uses that phrase. <laughs> it's true though. But yeah. I, but now I believe you. It's so true, yeah. I mean, I I guess I've met people that I don't say I've met people I don't I mean I've definitely met people I don't like, but I always try yeah. to like them no, or you mean. make an excuse for why they suck yeah get to know them a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah yeah weddings one of the opposite spectrum things from a funeral that's how i know you yeah yes. exactly there you go happy news <laughs> marla was actually um our guest on episode five yes so mm-hmm. she came on and talked about some cool dark stuff yeah um in a very but, very marla way so Jace plays in a bunch of bands around town. A bunch of bands? How many bands? Uh, right now I have two main bands okay. that I'm part of. One's called Double Ferrari, which is a sort of, uh, you know, we write the music yeah. <laughs> band. And then another one is called Bit Brigade, which is a video game thing Which you can Google. <laughs> Wait, yes. I, it's hard Wait, to explain. It's Yeah, it's super cool. It's Don't you have someone that plays the game yeah. and y'all play the... Yeah, a man plays video games on the stage, and we play the music you would hear in the game live cool. on rock mm. instruments, but it's kind of one of those things you have to see to like understand why that's appealing to you. <laughs> well, I was explaining it to someone at the like that thing we had the other, or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was I had introduced you, and I was explaining it, and Michelle uh, Gilsenrat Davis was there, and I was explaining it to someone next to her, and I was like, yeah, it's this, that, and the other video games, and I was like, and apparently a lot of people like it, and... Michelle was like, yeah, like, because it came off like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with these people that like this shit? Yeah. But I was like, no, I was trying to make the point that, like, they're very well known. Yeah. And that they're doing pretty fucking good for this. Of course, there's a following for this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our, a lot of our fans and friends are people that are, you know, in their mid to late 30s and grew Grew up up. with this stuff that we do. Yeah. And, like, there was not really, there was no internet at your house to yeah. to, to understand that you weren't alone yeah. and thinking the soundtrack to Mega Man 3 was super sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so now people can be like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's so what we do. How much of your um, year, I guess, on average, do you spend on tour? Um, it, it, it's been different every year, but yeah. a lot. Last year we were on tour more often than not for about eight months okay. collectively, um. which... Uh, was a lot. We're not a famous band per se. Like we have a van, you have a good, with a door you have that's falling off. <laughs> and like, yeah, we try to stay with friends when we can. You know, I don't. I don't think we've ever had a podcast where it was, su- or like an episode where it was super easy to transition into. No, because we usually are talking about something, and then you're like, "All right, are you ready to go dark now? You ready to talk about death and dying?" <laughs> yeah. So my first question for you: There are two deaths that I want to talk specifically about, and two funerals or grief experiences with you but the one or one question i had first was what was your first real experience with death when i was about four years old my 
um, parents had this friend, this guy named Gary, who was their friend. And Gary was like my buddy. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any family other than my immediate family that lived nearby. And so he was like, of all my parents' friends, the one that was most likely to be like, actually address me and, um, you know. Talk to you like a person. Yeah, when my dad would t- like tell me to go away because he was trying to watch football, Gary would like, like let's go toss the ball out in the yard. <laughs> and, uh, and so like that was awesome. Yeah. Until he got drunk with his friend, his other friends one night hanging out on overpass like people do in like yeah. Decula, Georgia. Yeah. And he felt tripped and fell off of it and died. Oh my gosh. And, God. Uh, I remember uh, one of his cousins who was there. Like I, I, I feel this is one of the things in my whole life I feel the most like unnecessary regret about because he probably may or may not have forgotten about this because this was in like 1988 but I remember being like four or five and pointing at this man and yelling at him that he didn't try hard enough to save him and like crying wow grief is weird I was like when I think about it now I'm like god what a little dick yeah has a dick man but I mean he didn't that's how you're dealing with your grief yeah I mean yeah and plus like I'm 32 Almost. I don't even know how to process my grief. I could do something like that yeah. at 32. You were four. Yeah. Those are definitely you know? thoughts that run through your head. So, yeah. of course. Yeah. You're, you're and my, my parents were I'm like, my mom's awesome, but like, she wasn't the kind of person that would really have like to sit, have a sit down with me to try to explain what yeah. was happening. She yeah. was just also sad over there in the corner yeah. in her own way. And um, what's really weird about it is I feel like from then, I've kind of had a lot of other experiences with that i feel like have gotten me as morose as this is to say like used to it yeah Mm -hmm. and so now like even when like the worst thing ever happens i kind of have this like zen Mm. compartment of my brain that i can put it in after a while um it's a really funny thing to feel like accustomed to though yeah (laughs) no i was i you know it's funny to that you say that because with a couple of people i've had this conversation, my sister included, where I feel like there's two kinds of people. Obviously, there's more than that. But when it comes to this, people that haven't experienced death until much later in their life or people that experienced death when they were young and then it was like a constant thing throughout their life. Yeah. And my sister and I are, are those kinds of people in the sense that like, I mean, there was probably five years when she was in elementary school, middle school, where someone died every year. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, yeah, after a while, you don't really think anything of it until something really bad, really close to you, like super close to you happens. And mm-hmm. it's kind of jarring because I think with every death I've had, it kind of brings up the emotions oh, from yeah. the death before Definitely. or the... It's a total snowball for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just kind of have to sit by yourself like for you a little while. keep all those doors closed and then when that... It's, one opens they just all come back up yeah. again yeah. yeah well yeah i have this aunt though who's like i don't know if this is like an older people thing or not but i've seen her at several different uh, memorial services and funerals where she comes up and like at a certain point and it, i don't think she's like literally intentionally scripting what she's gonna say and how she's gonna say it and when she cries but it's exactly oh, the same every time i can think of three times and i was like does she just go to funerals with people she doesn't know and like do this yeah because it would apply in yeah. a way yeah like grief as a hobby oh yeah oh man i'm yeah. sure there's like a chuck polignac book written about that yeah i mean there's like wedding crashers but i'm sure there are yeah. funeral crashers there was a has to be a female murderer like one of the few female serial killers and she was she's known as the funeral hobbyist because she used to go to funerals and soak up the yeah wait i did i have heard about that because i that's when i want to do a research yeah, topic on it totally. definitely should <laughs> That's creepy, but yeah, yeah, that's a. I was about to say that's a weird hobby and to have. And I also but. feel like older people that sort of almost becomes their social. Yeah, uh, it's and weird. They just because that's one of the first things they'll talk to you about about who's died. Remember so and so? Oh, you remember so and so? He, you went to blah blah blah. And you're like, I don't remember this person. I don't know who you're talking about. But then they want to tell you about all the people that have just died, all the funerals they've just been to, mm-hmm. and <laughs> when my uh, grandma died, I remember. God, I don't remember who he was. It was one of her. It was some sort of cousin mm-hmm. to us, and he was like 
95 years old and had driven him there, himself there and he was totally with it and he was just like standing there talking to everybody and he said to somebody he's like yeah funerals are the only time i get out now and i'm like jesus <laughs> christ that's sad but my mom was like God, can you imagine how excited he is when he reads the obituary <laughs> she's like, i'm like so lady funny. go sit by a lake and look at some dogs right? like, Seriously, like, it's okay <laughs> no the only time he gets out is when he gets to go to a funeral yeah. so i'm like well, we make yeah. our own fun but can't you imagine just being like oh maybe today Maybe today I'll know somebody in the obituary. obituary. (laughs) Savannah Morning News, just like, yes, here it is. (laughs) No, nobody. Damn. Stuck in the house again. Darn. Darn. (laughs) I guess I'll be making toast for one this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Toast for one. That should be the thing you can order at restaurants. (laughs) Can I get some toast for one? (laughs) Make it very awkward and clear that it's one. I went to that um, the chicken place Champies on Baxter recently, yeah. and the, I was with a group of like twelve. And the uh, this, at the end, when the server was trying to figure out check, she asked me if I was quote by myself. And oh. I just looked at her and said, "Yep, forever alone." Forever alone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. So were you by yourself yeah. with a disapproving look? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, so you say, and that leads me to my next question: that you've had you've experienced a lot of loss which ones up until your dad were the most impactful oh when i was in the seventh grade and three of my best friends died in a house fire what they were ages five eight and twelve oh my god uh that was that one is something i probably need even at the age of 36 to keep unpacking like all the time of course because that was one too where um I really gained a resentment for like my teachers and other adults around me because mm. none of them and like school counselor get out of here they don't oh, even God. exist yeah like no one thought to be like maybe this this these guys friends are gonna need some help yeah because yeah. yeah. I went to like bumfuck Barrow County schools yeah. and like they might maybe they're better now but in the 90s they were bumfuck yeah and, yeah. and I've, I've, I still sometimes feel resentful that like no one said these kids are gonna need help dealing with this yeah and so we were just That's left crazy. alone to like be sad yeah um but yeah they had a a log burning a wood burning stove in the double wide that they lived in um caught fire one night and that was that their parents lived oh my god God. yeah it was really really bad (laughs) i went i went to school that day because no no i laugh at the (laughs) absurd see this is the thing yeah you learn to that's what our i mean that's kind of what our podcast is you just No, it's insane. It's oh my god, they lived. Yeah, like Um, that's so horrific. I can't even process that. Did you keep in touch with the parents at all? Yeah, actually, they're uh, one of them is currently like my mom's roommate. That's crazy. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's an exception to the rule. (laughs) After that, I kind of lost my like give a shit about even like trying to make friends because I didn't have very many. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like I just started like wearing darker clothes <laughs> and growing my hair long and yep. stopped wearing my glasses that I needed. Yep. The and angst like, really started to come. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I started having friends. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You found your, your people. Yeah. You found your people. I found the people that liked, you know, yeah. corn. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. God. Slipknot. Oh yeah. Oh God. Hey guys. I'm here with fan favorite and honorary co-host Cameron Harrelson, the king of sitting with your grief. So what's new with you, Cam? Hey, everybody. It's so good to be back here at Funeral Stories for just a quick shout out and catch up. I just wanted to let everyone know that while I have left the funeral business, which is sad, but Mm. you know, it's good too. Yeah. I have continued my work as an activist. I've actually started working as a member of the Athens Pride Board, and we work to create inclusionary and safe spaces in Northeast Georgia for LGBTQ people, and I'm really excited about that work. That's awesome. And you know I love Athens Pride, so. Oh, yes. Speaking of pride, I'm happy to let you and everyone else know that Funeral Stories has decided to donate a portion of the proceeds from ticket sales to our live podcast on September 27th at the 40 Watt to Athens Pride. Are you kidding? I promise. Uh, Casey, that's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. We're happy to do it. And we're actually able to do this because of some really, really great sponsors like True You Southeast. Have you heard of them? Now, you know, I like to act like I know everything, but I have to admit, I don't know who they are. Tell me more. That's okay. I really love them because they are a secular LGBTQ affirming practice that works with clients that struggle with anxiety, depression, gender identity, relationship stress, and existential spiritual concerns. God knows that I've had my fair share of 
those. So are they located here in Georgia? Yeah, they actually are. Okay, well, uh, let me pull out my phone real quick. I'm going to Google them, um, and I'm sure you're going to tell everybody a little bit more about them. Yeah, of course. Get to Googling, honey. So they see clients one-on-one in their Decatur office, but for residents outside of Decatur and in South Carolina, they also do video sessions, which is really nice and convenient, considering how hard it can be for in-person therapy sometimes. Tell it. Mm -hmm. I know. They have a knowledgeable, understanding, and competent staff that has been extensively trained in working with our gay, lesbian, transgender, and non-binary community. Okay, yeah. So, like, I've spent some time sitting over here looking on their website, mm-hmm. and they really do seem like a good company. You know, it's important for me with the nonprofit work I'm doing to Absolutely. connect individuals with people like this. So, I know that on the podcast, you and Laura actually have talked a lot about the importance of self care and mental health. So, this is really cool. Absolutely. And, you know, we always say that we're not professionals, we're mm-hmm. simply advocates. So, that's why I'm really, really glad to team up with a company like True You Southeast, especially because they also offer corporate training and education for other healthcare professionals. And we we all know those are environments where more education regarding the LGBTQIA community is definitely needed. You can say that again. So <laughs> if you need help sitting with your grief from people who are non-judgmental, accepting and affirming, this place seems amazing. Casey, do you mind if I read this one blurb that I just found on their website sure, real quick? Sure, yeah, I'd love okay, that. Okay, it says, the simple act of sitting with someone and being heard, seen, and acknowledged is both powerful and affirming. If you don't know what to say or how to start, that's okay. They gently guide the conversation, and if you need quiet time to simply think and ponder, that's okay, mm-hmm. too. Kind of sounds like what I said, but love we love a good professional. Yes, amen. So <laughs> be sure to check them out at www.trueyouthsoutheast.com. Or call them at 404 800 We do this a lot. We go on little tangents. Yeah. Good. We we'll like to, to think of it as comedic relief. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. For when shit gets heavy. (laughs) When your friends die in a house fire. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Then you'd bury yourself in music. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. That's when I started really learning guitar. So you would say that that's one of your biggest coping mechanisms for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who died recently that I suppose we'll get around to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, this week, a bunch of his friends from all over the world, he was a musician. Like, we immediately started organizing, like, how are we going to pay tribute to him in, in music? Because yeah. that was just something that seemed obvious and that we had to do. And, and I, I didn't do anything. I didn't. I knew what I wanted to contribute, and I felt like per- paralyzed in this fog of the grief. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. And then, like, the day that my submission was due, I just did it. And it felt so much better to have done it than Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true, because then you sit with... I couldn't sit around for the rest of my life and be like, yeah, I just didn't do it. Yeah, when I'm a musician and he was yeah. my friend. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. So, okay, I'm going to, there was a, a post Jace made, and this is, bef- well, I guess it was after we had started to get to know each other because you came over for Seth and Surprise mm-hmm. birthday party, and there one day, you know, peeing on the toilet, and I'm <laughs> looking at my Facebook, and I read this post Jace has made, and it was... Um, I mean, like I was like immediately in tears because he it was so well written about his dad passing away, and it was um I think I obviously I'm like sad because it's my friend, mm-hmm. but I was sad because it was as if me in the future could have written it. Yeah, and so that it was um you don't meet people often. I'm getting emotional. You don't yeah. meet people often that understand when you say things like God, I wish my dad would just fucking die when he's tormented you for your whole life you know not that you've said that but no my sister and i used to like pretend plot to kill him half half meaning we never actually made a plan yeah we would say that we wanted to fantasize about like the day he's not creating your i mean i imagine that's similar to me talking about after my dad passed away and i would imagine killing myself knowing i wasn't going to do it but the escaping from that pain was an outlet yeah yeah like envisioning it so yeah I mean, it's, well i mean you it's, do dark shit when you've been through dark shit yeah. that's very it's a very good point <laughs> it's uh 2019 though and i still find myself going like i can't wait until the day he's dead so this can end mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i can't oh, yeah. wait but then i'm like how am i gonna act what am i gonna feel i feel like more than anything i'm gonna have a lot of grief over the fact that I didn't have the dad I deserved. Mm-hmm. And that, that, and even though I feel like I made, like I've reconciled with the fact that he will never be that person, when they're alive, there's always that little tiny glimmer of hope that maybe, but yeah. 
Well, what happened yeah, to me? Talk. Um, talk. <laughs> I, my dad and I were not friends. Mm-hmm. And I gave him, a, my sister became friends with him. She's only about a year and change younger than me. And uh, they lived in the same town in Chattanooga. And um, she kind of got close to him and, and helped and kind of realized that he had softened in his old old age. And she helped him kind of just get through the, the you know, this the specialized uh, terrors of becoming elderly. Yeah. And um, be- befriended him. And she gave me, she convinced me to give him a few tries. He blew it every time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I haven't talked to him since I was 13, really. So I kind of had stopped caring. Mm-hmm. I didn't really harbor, like, I didn't sit around feeling angry at my dad. I just didn't even really think about him mm-hmm. unless he tried to call me on the phone. Would that make you angry? Yeah, just because I constantly told him for decades not to. Yeah, to leave you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, get that. Yeah, after answering a few times and again, you know, trying. But anyway, so, but the thing is, like, I, I never, I was never really, I don't know if naive is the right word because it's not fair to say that to people that do feel relief and excited if they're mm-hmm. bad parent croaks. But mm. my, I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I didn't expect what did happen, which was that I, Instead of feeling like, ah, I can shut the door on this chapter, it felt like a grenade of mm. all the repressed emotions I had bottled up over the decades exploded in my face. And I yeah. remembered all these things that I had forgotten. And my sister and I talked about that kind of stuff a lot. And she and I really bonded over it, which was cool for our friendship. Um, yeah. But uh, it, we had to go through, she had to go through like, you know, just like the the act of like when your friend dies that's one thing but like when you have to be the person in charge of it and like sign the death certificate and figure out how to dispose of a physical yeah. human yeah. body yeah like that is a really um it's weird when there's like you're dealing with a lot of emotions but then there's also paperwork to do on top and money yeah. to find yeah um uh, my so when we 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 went to the place I work, which is a, a coffee shop, Hendershots, that has like a like a printer where you email what you need printed and then pay like a quarter and then it pops it out. Um, oh, for the public? Yeah. Oh, good to know. They have know. a printer at Hendershots. Um, I need that. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Athens, Georgia. Alert, alert. Alert. There are public printers hiding. But uh, So we actually like went. She came here from Chattanooga with our mom and like we went there and printed out the death certificate and we were just like in this cra- crazy yeah. like, haze of like it did just it not feeling real. Yeah, and we were sitting there at the bar, at the bar, like filling out the death I was like, "Man, I feel like this. Like my boss probably doesn't like this. <laughs> like, this is it was a bad look. A little dark. <laughs> we're sitting there like crying and laughing and like kind of losing it. And my so one of the weird things about a death certificate is that they want to know occupation, and I'm like, why do they need to know that? Because that's not it's not like the death certificate is gonna like transform into a an obituary or anything like that yeah but i guess they just statistics, statistics of, yeah. of some manner i don't yeah, know why sure. that's why weird, do you know? yeah and my sister wrote in lazy bum oh wow, and then okay. immediately like i'm like dying laughing mm-hmm. i'm dying laughing and she's and like she starts crying she's yeah, like no yeah. maybe we should white it out and i was like no because here's the thing like i was like he would think that that was really funny you know, because he was yeah. definitely like a troll and a prankster. Yeah. I mean, it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So we so, left it. And I really wish I could have seen the look on the face of like of the, per- the person in the coroner's <laughs> office that had to like flog yeah, that. probably gotten all kinds of stuff. Oh, oh who can knows? Can you imagine? Uh, I'm sure that's not the only time. Can you imagine? That. That's like, great. No, I think it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, I hope I'm not left in charge of that. <laughs> Why? So why you know, did it? Did, did he have no brothers or? No, he had two brothers who were dead. His parents were dead. Okay. Um, okay. You know, he was pretty much alone in the world. He had mm-hmm. a friend or two around his. Where? So he was building. living in Chattanooga. Yeah, and some kind of I don't know exactly what it was. It was like not an assisted living facility, but the kind of place where like you have an apartment and there's like a cafeteria, but there's not like nurses. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So like. I felt I felt like a bad son and a bad brother because my sister pretty much since they were friends and since she lived nearby she ended up taking care of most of that legwork by herself and I know that was crazy hard on her mm-hmm. and she wanted to have like a she wanted to have a service and I was like I appreciate that you want to do that I don't think that I want to do that and I don't think it's necessary and she wanted to go into like a little park and say some words or something so did what we happened? never ended up happening. We oh, just really? we didn't do it. We just did nothing. So what did you um He was cremated. Yeah. And you 
did you pick up the ashes? My sister had them, and they were just like in a blue sack in a cardboard box that sat in her trunk. And so about a year and a half or so, a year and some amount of time after this all happened, she called me one day, and she was like, um, I got something really funny to tell you. And oh, fuck. Like, okay. <laughs> she was like, so you remember how like we were sort of semi-arguing about, not we weren't really arguing. It was more just like, we didn't know what to do. Debating. Yeah, was, yeah debating. Um, Going back and forth. About what to do with the old man's ashes. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you know, they've been sitting in my trunk the whole time. And I went to get them the other day and I couldn't find them. She was like, I she lost him. lost <laughs> your dad. Yeah, he's <laughs> somewhere, I guess. What if somebody stole him? <laughs> I mean, it's an unassuming cardboard box. If you don't have the money for a proper receptacle, yeah. those are expensive. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Even are. like the crummiest looking ones. So yeah. we never sprang for that. It was yeah. just like, Sit, they literally will give you your your person to you in a cardboard box. Wow, I don't yeah. Think a so lot of people know that. Yeah, I know that is. <laughs> I didn't know that before we started. Did you? Yeah. Weird, yeah. weird question that mm-hmm. just that this podcast called Funeral Stories. Um, not that you don't know that. This is just because I feel weird asking it. Um, did you look at the cremains? No, I, n- no? I okay. never really. Well, I did. I opened it up to see what it looked like on the inside. But I didn't like. Dig through the <laughs> for like buried treasure and get out my metal little detector. piece of bone, and yeah, a little piece yeah. of gold tooth. We yeah. had a guest bring us the cremains in a like of their dog in a bag, oh, and yeah. I was like, "They're so chunky, yeah. There's bones yeah. in it, like just <laughs> shocked." So, yeah, I don't know how I would react to that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that, at that point, it doesn't really feel. I personally didn't feel that like that his spirit was in the room no. or anything like that I, <laughs> yeah. it was just like an object so were your parents married uh no no okay so y'all I mean, have, at some point but uh, well yeah <laughs> that's what that's what i was asking no. no okay so how old were you when they split i was 13 well i mean he had been kind of out of I, when they divorced officially and he kind of like left my he had life, a substance abuse like issue yeah 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 um, alcohol or all? Not of them? really. He wasn't really into drinking. Yeah. He would have. He liked Coors Light. But that wasn't really the thing. <laughs> uh, he liked pills. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was weird. Like, I mean, what actually killed him was eventually a drug overdose, which was strange because really? he hadn't done any in a long time. Wow. When, he, when he got got to be old and kind of like slow, <sighs> he just decided that he didn't want to. Just he didn't want to be drowning in that world mm-hmm. but eventually the, the 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 fish hook came back and reeled him in so it wasn't um intentional that you know of or it seems like he had a plan okay mm-hmm. um he he drove from chattanooga to a place where he knew people in Statham, georgia and uh went to a quote-unquote friend's place and uh did some 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 methadone and a bunch of blow which was weird because we never knew him to do cocaine and he was a downer guy yeah. yeah yeah i didn't it was so weird yeah that part of it just made the was so out of character that it seemed sur- more surreal even than normal and then yeah. i just kind of like chalked it up to like some people are just born wild yeah and i mean getting yeah. out of that takes a lot more resources think, than he had do you think that in some way glorified it what do you mean? Like the being born wild. It's almost like a, no, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Like a, you, it's your dad. Like, you mean more like romanticized maybe? Uh, maybe just not, I don't want to say every word I'm thinking of is n- coming off wrong, but I'm, <laughs> the words I'm thinking of are like justifying, excusing. Um, it did feel inevitable. Yeah. I, it made me feel like, and romanticizing too, yeah. Like, well, it made me feel like afraid that no matter what I do or what I think I'm doing with my life, that there's no way that the same thing is not going to happen to me. Oh, like I like no matter what, have, it you, feels like a curse. You could not have just said, like that is one of my biggest fears. Okay, um, oh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> um, I worry a lot. There's a lot of shame for me attached to being my father's daughter and a lot of fear and that was one of the things I was like I want before I I've always told Seth and this like before I have a baby I want to go to therapy and I didn't do it um and so I got pregnant still didn't go to therapy wanted to sort out my daddy issues before I became a mother 
And I think that's one of the reasons why my postpartum was so bad. My postpartum depression was so bad. Um, One of the reasons. But I remember just feeling this great fear that there is this part of me that is that I'm bound to by blood that is deep into in my genetics that is um, has addictive tendencies or that is that has a, a deviance. I have this deviance inside me that I'm never going to be able to ignore or get past. And then also just this shame because people talk about like your pa- their parents. And I was never one that like I would talk about my mom. And then when it became time to talk about my dad, it was like, oh, that fucking guy. Like, you know what I mean? And he's done some awful, terrible things. And so then I worry sometimes like deep down, like especially now being a mother, have I passed something on to her that you know were his side of the genetic genetics and there's just so much shame that i felt attached to it and fear of ever turning out like that (sighs) that's probably one of the reasons i want him to die ultimately (laughs) like what i wrote in my when i expressed myself publicly you know about my feelings with the written word the whole thing ends with me saying like i'm sorry that you can never really confront your demons and I'm going to try not to let you be one of mine, but I know you couldn't help it. Yeah. And may, and that's one of those things where maybe I just tell myself that, but I, I really, I, I've reflected on it about a lot in the past few years since it happened. And I think I, I it doesn't make it okay or good. I kind of believe he, he couldn't help it though. And he didn't really think about his life or his psychology in a utility way, mm. you know, so, and this, if you don't want to answer this, no, it's fine. Ahead. But um, did he have any sort of trauma or, I mean, before all this started? Or? Yeah, there there was always like, I had one of those families, which I know is not only un- not only common, but probably the norm where, you know, people talk about heavy stuff only in like whispers mm-hmm. after too much wine at an event or something. Or right. like on a visit with grandma, she might drop on you that you have two half brothers that are older than you <laughs> that you'll almost definitely never meet because they don't know you exist. Yeah. Um, and like one of the things was that he was sexually assaulted by an, um, some fa- older family member oh, when wow. he was a, a kid. And his bro- one thing I do know is his, his he had an older brother that that started basically feeding him pills when he was only like fourteen or something. He kind of had no chance in that regard. Yeah. yeah. He was poisoned by that kind of environment that toxic environment um yeah from a very young age and it reminds me of this like this kid who there's no way he can still be alive but i don't really know <laughs> I mean, he used to I used to go hang out in his uh, in his neighborhood it was called quail valley <laughs> in <laughs> auburn georgia and his parents i was like this kid this kid was wild as hell and always going to like youth detention and basically like dropped out of school but he was like really funny and for some reason friendly to me so I'd hang with him, even though I was a scared little wiener kid. And one time I went over to his apartment, <laughs> and his parents were puffing gas outside in the driveway, and they asked us if we wanted to, oh, to try it. And I was <gasps> like, this kid has no chance. There's yeah. nothing. Nothing yeah. can ever help this. No, no. And in some ways, that was kind of how my dad grew up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, so I guess Jace is going to read the post because it's very poignant. And yeah. And it... Like I said, I was peeing and crying. So <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. So yeah, take it away, Jace, if you're ready. I am ready. Okay. <laughs> there it goes. Last night, along with my sister, Jessica, who is the bravest and strongest person I know, I filled out my father's death certificate. His name was Jace Gregory Bartett, and you can see why the whole middle thing is, middle name thing is so important to me. My middle name's Anselm. We cried and yelled and laughed. Another form we also filled out for his cremation request indicated in all caps, bold, and underlined, cremation is a final and irreversible process, (laughs) and I can't believe it didn't say no shit Sherlock after that. (laughs) It's never been harder for me to articulate a feeling, because I neither really loved or hated this man. There's something in between that's even more complex than either of those things, but it does inspire anger, and for that I feel remorse. My sister told me that she's so sorry that I never got to know him as the kind, funny old man I'm told he apparently grew to become. But I gave him plenty of chances to show me, and he blew it every time. When I got the news, the first thing I thought of was his moment taking a chance at giving a eulogy at his own father, my grandfather John Partet's funeral. He stood dumbstruck looking at the ground and said, They say I'm a black sheep. 
No. I'm just bad. Hmm. And wept. It was the most harrowing thing I have ever witnessed as an adult. But thanks to him, I witnessed a lot of even more harrowing things as a child. But we fidget and shuffle in the same way. He and I are the only two people in the whole world named Jace Bartet. I am his son. And I don't really need to hear, I'm sorry for your loss or whatever, because in a way I've gained something that maybe, finally, I can crawl out of the shadow of what it has felt like to be that person's son my whole life. He liked to dance. I think Kansas was probably his favorite band, and he might have been the only person in the world that that was true of. (laughs) Rip, Kansas fan. Yesterday, my sister and I had to figure out how to legally dispose of a dead body. I hope that's something that you never have to experience. There's a lot of greed and nonchalance in the process. In a weird way, it almost kind of reminds me of the private prison system. I told my friend Jeff Tobias, I don't know whether to chop my house down with a machete or write the great American novel because I feel like I could do both right now. And he <laughs> said, do both, but then also do, make sure to do a third thing. Take a lot of deep breaths and try to calm down and be good to yourself. Good advice from a great dude. <laughs> the reason I'm bothering to write any of this is that deep, deep, way deep down inside, sometimes, I could tell that he wanted to try. He cared. He just couldn't help himself. He really couldn't help it, and the cards were always stacked hopelessly against him. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be his father's son. It made him a wild heart, and in a way, maybe that's my inheritance. I know that I haven't always been the best person or friend to myself and others in the past year or so, and I'm so grateful to those of you who have stood by me in spite of my foolery. For years, almost my whole life, I've fantasized about this moment, but now that it's here, I realize that I didn't know what I was thinking. It's absurd that we live, and even more absurd that we die. I wish you could have faced your demons differently, Jace, but I'm gonna try, have to try to let, not to let you be mine. I know you didn't mean it. Rip person. God. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why that hit you. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah. Just I like... don't know why it felt important to put that in public, because it's, it didn't need to be, but I got a lot of, I mean, I thought, I think I just thought that maybe I, it's hard to be articulate in moments of grief Mm -hmm. and I, I felt I had all these thoughts and I thought maybe that there were other people that I know Mm -hmm. that I'm friends with who have those thoughts too. Yeah. And no one ever wants to say all that stuff out loud because it's just literally hard to to pull off. Yeah. And also... just processing it yeah. is hard. And, um, I'm glad that I did. I think I have a lot of, <laughs> I definitely have friends and like an ex in particular who would always give me shit for like oversharing or being oh. too public with things on Facebook sometimes. And I think that like, I mean, as long as it's not just like airing dirty laundry, which yeah. is not what this is. No. I think I it's mean, okay to try to relate, really connect with the people in your lives. And so that's why a, I posted it's that It's called a place for friends. That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was MySpace, but still, same <laughs> thing. <laughs> same concept, same yeah. I mean, it's what you're doing. You're, I mean, I would never fucking give somebody shit for sharing something personal like that with a specific group of well, friends. I, like, I kind of knew that there wasn't going to be, I knew there wasn't really going to be a true memorial service or mm. anything like that. There wasn't going to be another yeah, way that's, for me I'm sure to that's get that part out. of it, yeah. And I should have, but did not have a, a counselor or a therapist at that time. Yeah. Um. So. Have you gone since? I've been a few times for different reasons yeah. over the years, um, but it's not something I've really hung on to consistently. And but I think it's something that, I that yeah, okay, that's that was <laughs> something sure. you recognize is beneficial to you, and yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's expensive too. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky enough that Nucci Space here in Athens, oh, Georgia, awesome. offers to um, musicians. Some, uh, it's like a subsidized service yeah, that that's they awesome. offer to to people. Most of the time, when I read things that people write about, and this is not like in any way, okay. Most of the time when I read things people have written about a parent who dies and they post it on social media, it's usually like, I love my daddy and I miss him, which is, mm-hmm. I, I'm grateful that they had that experience. I haven't really read the other sides, the other story right. as much. So how many, were there, I know I reached out to you, but were there a lot of people that reached out to you and said, I, yeah. it makes sense, I know what you're, or I don't know what you're feeling, but I imagine... Or, or I know what you're feeling, or that sounds similar, or were, this really helped me. Because it was, was, it was yeah. weird, because I, I don't, like, 
I just feel like social media gets a lot of flack for being bad for bad for us. And I think mm-hmm. it is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I, we could, I mean, their entire, probably entire podcast dedicated to why Instagram is bad for you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I, I see that. I, I don't think it has to be. And in that, in that situation, I, it, it sounds like saying this out loud sounds egotistical and I, I don't mean it that way, but like, I was glad that I was able to put words into the earth's air atmosphere that Mm -hmm. resonated with people. Yeah. And so were they. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, um, when I talk, was talking to you the other night about my sister and, or like how she reached out to me when your friend passed and was like, Mm. did you see that Jace's Jace lost his friend. I don't know if you've reached out to him, but you should. It sounds yeah. like it was violent, and maybe y'all can talk about it because of my experience. Very yeah. different, but similar in some ways. Yeah. And so I did, and then I, you know, you we talked about the that post that you just read, and you said you should share it with her if you haven't. And so I did. And, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that my sister was like, holy fucking shit, like, mm-hmm. Those are words that I don't like. I I don't know that I could have written, but that speak to me. Yeah, you know, because well, it's. I feel like I'm over explaining like why I bother, just because I'm self conscious about being seen as a narcissistic asshole. No, um, I mean, wouldn't you for, rather be self conscious of being seen as a narcissistic <laughs> asshole than be a narcissistic asshole? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's tough stuff. It is. I guess it's just because I know some people that I don't know me personally are going to hear this, and you know. I don't know how it comes across. It's weird to be put back in that place mentally. Sure. You know. I guarantee we, you everybody that has done something on Facebook. I mean, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. per, either overshared or not well, that I, yours was. One thing I think you'll learn too is that we are very lucky to have a large uh, base of listeners that are extremely supportive mm-hmm. and understand that grief is comes in all shapes and sizes. And yeah. we have never once in our private facebook group had anyone say negative one negative thing about anyone else yeah that would be really weird that would be Uh, a weird thing to do yeah and it's even if you i mean i've literally Mm -hmm. in this group that has pretty consistent activity there's not one one funeral stories family on facebook if you want to join but i've never had they don't say they're very supportive of guests and a lot of these people are in the funeral industry too and they uh, but they're yeah, yeah and they're coming at it from like they are the people that want to be that last line to show compassion yeah to to people yeah. that That's have their to. calling yeah right. yeah so i mean I, you're you're amongst friends and you're safe here <laughs> yes. um duly so, noted duly <laughs> so do you did you have so there were other i'm obviously asking for selfish reasons so don't worry about sounding like a narcissistic asshole <laughs> but you you did have other people that said my dad died and he was awful or my dad is still awful and no, I worry was, about how he's how it was wild feel. it was a totally lot. wild because it was way more than I could have anticipated really and I hadn't really I, I hadn't you know genuinely hadn't really posted it thinking like I met like any specific number of people are gonna like that this will resonate <laughs> mm-hmm. with and it was crazy that's for sure that I mean I got a lot of private messages and, a little and comments and stuff I, it wasn't just you and Jenny yeah yeah I feel like since we've started this podcast I've been a little bit astounded that there seem to be more bad quote unquote bad dads that because they've reached out oh, to Casey yeah. a lot of people then there have been people who have lost a parent yeah like their overwhelming d- number of people that had some just- of my like private messages yeah I, honestly and if I can just say like it it I hate I hate it because every time when I reply I say something along these lines but I, I'm not glad that they are going through that or that no. they've, gone, they've gone through that. But there's their, them sharing their story with me makes me feel just a little less alone. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Isolation you, and loneliness yeah. or exaggerating. Or like, feel like something's wrong with you because yeah. of the, and that there are other really great people in the world that have had similar. Yeah. And more things. often than not, only, only people who are like, 
kind of dumb and maybe are narcissistic think of it as like this grief contest i've seen a little bit okay. about that of that but not really yeah that's kind of not a thing yeah not the pain olympics no, yeah the yeah pain, i bet you've used that phrase before yeah. <laughs> oh yeah uh, a couple of times on the episode um or on the podcast now you said uh in what you wrote that you weren't it was a man you weren't mad at or i kind of explained it a little bit earlier but like i i you know I neither when I say I neither loved nor hated him mm-hmm. it, that's just sort of acknowledging that I I did a lot of work for myself in my 20s to sort of just like not have him affect me that's but the thing is like is. I realized when he died that I it wasn't that it was just that I stopped noticing mm-hmm. the ways in which he might have been affecting me like I became I, I tucked it away in a way that wasn't really super great but do you think you went through a, a- place where you were mad at him and you did hate him oh totally the day that my sister and i had to go to a courthouse in barrow county to sign papers saying we wanted to live with our mom was like Mm. the best day of my child of my like early teens yeah you know it wasn't when people talk about their parents being divorced and it's like traumatizing for a lot of people like Mm -hmm. because they love both their parents they're confused they understand why this is happening in this case it was just like pop a cork yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so like there was that and that kind of wasn't i mean i'm I was kind of a mean, not mean. I was a little bit of an asshole and a little bit. Um, you were a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, well, I just <laughs> like, I, 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 going through this. I went, I went through some anger. Yeah, in, in my teen years, and in a way that was directly related to. Yeah, in in your twenties, um, when you were saying you were doing a lot of that work um, on yourself and on, you know, dealing with your father, did you go through a stage of apathy? Like. Yeah, I mean, like I don't care what he thinks of me. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about him. I don't care about. Well, a, like, I, I, I cut it. him out. I just cut him out because, mm-hmm. like, that was a defense mechanism. Yeah, it was the only way that I could not be anger, angry. Even if I was being, um, there's a different word. Like, I knew that I I didn't want to live in anger in general. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. It's not healthy. So you I just also just don't to strike me him. as an angry person. I, I I was in my yeah, late teens and early twenties, and so I didn't. But it was it was shitty. I, yeah. And uh, I I didn't want him to be controlling who I was in post, even yeah. when he was still alive. When I say in post, when like I didn't have a relationship with him yeah. anymore. That the idea of that made me more angry. So I was like, well, I have to figure out a way just to not think about it. Yeah. Which is weird and hard. Yeah. Because like ironically, you also have to write to yourself about it and talk about it a lot for that to become possible I think yeah. at least I did yeah absolutely I mean that's the whole thing about like therapy mm-hmm. um, for me when I finally did start going to therapy and I should get back but when I did start going to therapy like that was the hardest part for me because you know how when you go to therapy the first session is always unpacking mm-hmm. it's like this like just assault of here are my problems yeah and so you leave without much resolution they usually ask you at the end so what are some things you really want to work on you know um and so you have to say those things out loud and that's like the only nice little bow you get until the next week mm-hmm. and i remember going through that and after that whole week after i was like god man i've got some, i've had some fucked up shit happen to me mm-hmm. you know and i was i remember starting to be angry again and then, of course, you lash out at the people you're closest to with not even meaning to, but you're just, you're processing the shit that, in my case, I didn't think about for a while, or I was able to kind of compartmentalize and uh, take on this role of mother and wife and friend and businesswoman and this, that, and the other, and not think about all that shit. And then it starts coming out, and it's like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like <laughs> When in reality you're doing it because you weren't really functioning that well in the first place. Yeah. And it's hard to attach yourself to that in a, I mean, it's your paternal, it's your paternal bloodline, you know, it's your father. And so it's, it's crazy. There's almost like a DNA, like sensory awareness. <laughs> that's not an emotion. Yeah. It's just kind of like, like I, the, the opposite thing. I had a nephew who was born about two weeks ago, which by the way, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> that's really, awesome. Well, the, the cool and weird thing about it was like, I have tons of friends with really cool, interesting kids that I love, you know, by proxy. Yeah. But like there was this like wordless, feeling of of joy Mm. that like literally swelled up in me physically (laughs) when it was someone that is like my blood relative which is the first time i've had that experience yeah um it's crazy Mm -hmm. it's 
I, that's one thing I don't think I can articulate. Not well, totally. It's 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 almost like it's primitive. Yeah, you're like this is a thing that is now a part of me and my bloodline that I need to protect mm-hmm. and nurture and keep safe and care for and spend time with, and it's it's your family. Yeah, I mean, when my sister called me to tell me that the old man had croaked, I didn't like, I wasn't like, whatever. Yeah. I threw the phone across the room and, like, started crying heavily. Yeah, what were you doing when you found out? I was just sitting on my couch. It was, like, 10 or 11 in the morning or something. Yeah, and this was over a year ago, yeah? It was a while back. It was, like, 2016, like, late. Mm. See, I don't even remember. That's the thing. Yeah, Lock wow, and key. That is, yeah. That I is, think it was October 2016, that I think. Is, I mean, <laughs> that is kind of a crazy... Yeah. Think because wh- I will say this is the first time we've had a guest on that doesn't know at least the exact date yeah. or about the. T- I mean, and that's no shame to you. It's shame no. to you. It's no. just. I mean, it's one of the things like. It I highlights what you're saying. Well, I just don't. I don't want it to be something that like. October 11th, 2017 is when you made 17, that point. 17, got the year wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or when you made the post. Yeah. So it's hey, it's okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we do. It's sure that happens. But yeah, so that was, yeah, a year and a half. Right. Yeah, I'm over. Glad you knew better a than me. What'd you say? I'm glad you knew better than I did. <laughs> just when my own the father died. <laughs> hey. That's a testament to how it, how it all was, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's honest and real and raw, and that's what we like here. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we are, we never say we're therapists. My sister would probably be really annoyed about that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just say congratulations again on the new baby. <laughs> so did you get to see, you went to see... The baby? I haven't met. I haven't met my oh, nephew yet. So my you, sister's. Oh, that moment's gonna be awesome. She, uh, yeah. yeah. She, she's like, give me some time to settle. You know, I want to get my my the the, the space my, my routine going. Yeah. She's, she, you know, because uh, you know, she it's 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 her business when she's ready to have get important guests. Of course. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not. We're our family, which is pretty much only me, my mom, and my sister at this point. Yeah. A couple. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of older cousins. One in particular who like I still consider like my family and yeah. not like over there that I don't even remember their name, yeah. which is true for some of my like cousins and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, like, yeah. but anyway, point being, it's small and we all have our own little islands of life, and mm-hmm. like we're all very private and personal. Not like very personal. More is more your so mom private. close? In she proximity? lives nearby. She, only okay. lives, she lives right in that the area. And, okay, cool. so she's been hanging out with with them and okay, helping good. out and stuff. Good. So. Yeah, that's one of the other things is like when you have a new baby. You at first, you're like, I just want people that are going to be here to wake up in the middle of the night and change diapers. And yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like the entertaining part is like, oh, God, I don't know. Not that you'd be in, in like someone that you well, need to entertain, but <laughs> no, I mean, but I'll probably stay for Good. a few days and just yeah. try to like really Hold. put in some quality time. Take the, the trash out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. But I don't want to, I just don't. If I, I can't, not, I mean, I can't imagine what would be more personal than having a child. Yeah. So my mom was like, come right away and my sister told her like hold the phone yeah it's like, up to me it is it well i mean totally that's good is. that y'all feel comfortable enough to, to no it's an awesome thing other. my sister and i yeah. have that kind of relationship my dude that's one thing that kicks ass about like our relationship now as adults is that like we don't have we have our own rules yeah and so y'all were y'all not super close growing up or were not really we yeah. we 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 just fought a lot like in a classic sibling way that yeah. we never really totally grow out of until we were in our late 20s yeah oh yeah, yeah. Um, i mean I, I gave my sister a black eye a year ago <laughs> uh-huh, so uh-huh. i mean i get it and yeah. and i love her totally deeply yeah <laughs> but there's a lot of fucking shit there totally. yeah. you know what i mean we're we are the only two people with the similar w- different battle scars from the same war totally. yeah and so god damn that was good <laughs> yeah. i've got to that text really her that good. that was really fucking good yeah that was so let me say that again jenny and i <laughs> hold on my sister and i are the only people nope let me start over <laughs> jenny and i have this is so typical shut up jenny and i have different <laughs> Battle scars from the same war. There you go. Uh, you should let me like be in your band. Okay. Write <laughs> all the lyrics. Just need an MC. We don't have any lyrics. And... Oh. No, but like that's the thing that did the it, nothing has brought my sister and I closer together than the death of our father. Yeah. Because we are the only two people in the world that With completely that intimately understand yeah. that experience, and so. We bonded really hard on just like not not really reminiscing, which sounds like a fun thing, but like 
this kind of being like, remember that? And, and the hardest part about it is like, did that happen the way we remember? You know, like, did it even go down that way? And just talking yeah. about stuff like that a lot. Just yeah. trying to sort it out. Yeah. So that really drew us close. Have you ever thought about um, the two of y'all going to therapy together? Because my sister together, and I, I, I mean, talk about it a lot. You know, I don't think we ever have. I, I guess because she lives about three hours away and I don't, uh, I don't know what, I mean, think of it what you will. I don't own an automobile. And so. The uh, thank public- you for doing your part <laughs> well, for the environment. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to get one, just something simple, really just so that I can be in my nephew's life. Yeah. Um, at least a handful of times a year. Yeah. Because. But yeah, no, since we don't really have close proximity enough to one another and there's no real usable trans state public transportation in the Southeast. There's not. Um, She's a new mom. How old is she? She's 34. That's awesome. <laughs> you can do she's it. One of those, she's <laughs> one of those people who went, went her whole 20s and thinking, man, I don't know if I want to have, like pretty much feeling like, no, I don't want to yeah. bring another person into this world. We used to joke about how our family bloodline felt cursed and we yeah. could end the curse. Oh, this is all hitting but, home um, hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> it just flipped for her, you yeah. know, at a certain point. And it, you said it's a, your nephew? Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. You yeah, know, what's funny about that was, this is a total aside, but I, I realized that like before my sister like decided to figure out the gender, they didn't have like a reveal party or anything like that, but like my mom really wanted to know. And so she was like, if it'll shut up our mom, then like, well, let's get that out of the way. <laughs> and so she did. And, uh, I mean, she kind of wanted to know, yeah, yeah, but she doesn't like care, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the sense of like dis- being disappointed one way or another, but I just yeah. my point is that I just realized when I found out it was going to be a nephew that I just had always a s- seen a niece in my head. I just, oh wow, like, isn't that funny? Like, without even intellectually thinking about it or thinking about it deliberately, I just thought, yeah. I can't wait to meet my little niece. Yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't disappointed when I found out it was going to be a nephew, but it. Having a nephew in in this time in human history feels like now there's a special obligation yeah. that I mm-hmm. that I have along with my with his parents yes to like to make sure that he understands that you know being alive is hard for everyone and we have we can't make it harder on others you yes. know yeah like we I don't know just trying to that's like, a really fucking good and special thing though that you yeah. recognize that yeah I'm saying like men yeah. have a special chance to make things even worse than my favorite the average is that unfair to say that's maybe a time for another conversation but like no. I just yeah. feel like and I mean in the most primal sense like yeah. the whole the whole thing about how men are afraid that women will laugh at them and women are afraid that men will kill them. Yes. That's what I'm talking yes, about. Exactly. Making sure he understands that that's real. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's it. important and fucking amazing to right. hear that. And also like comforting, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I mean, theoretically Layla and your nephew they could, could be homies. Someday. They could be homies. They could hang out one day and I want her to feel safe and him mm. also to feel like somebody has got his back, you know? Yeah. So just in general with every child, but there is this, this responsibility and with this time in history to my favorite shirt that I see my mom friends put on their little boys or boys will be decent human beings. Do you know what I mean? yeah. It's like so funny because boys will be boys. It's always like this thing you hear like, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, we're going to raise sensitive boys that aren't afraid to cry. That aren't going to feel shame when they have their emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean? This like, you're just going to be a human. Yeah. Or like, you know, like my sister and my mom were having this and his other grandparents were having sort of a thing about what to name him. They didn't like the name that my sister wanted to give him. And and I was like, look, even if he doesn't like it, which is the most important thing, he can call himself whatever he wants. Yeah. And I was like, if one day he decides that he wants to be a woman named Buzzsaw, then we just have to respect that too. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. whatever. It doesn't, like, I always anyway. say if Layla wakes up one day and says mommy i'm luke i'm like okay let's sort that out mm-hmm. you know because yeah. it, it's hard I, I can't imagine it's easy for a parent when they have a baby girl or a baby boy that at some point it the child not at some point but the child at some point confides in their parent i'm not who yeah. you know i've who you thought i was or this is i and i identify as another gender or whatever it can't be easy but you have to realize that it's even harder on them yeah and it just takes patience and i went through a stage where i 
And I'm not saying that it's a state. That's not what I'm saying. But I did. Yeah. Where I wanted to go by boy's name and I wanted to wear nothing but Bugle Boy and tucked all my hair up into a baseball cap. And it was so different then because my parents just kind of rolled with it. Mm. Like it wasn't a big deal. And even the teachers at school saw what was going on and they didn't seem to think it was a big deal. How like, old are you? Uh, probably second grade. Yeah, I think at yeah, that, that age, it's they just seemed like it yeah. was. I mean, it really, what it was for me personally was that um, all my friends at that point had been boys, and we were kind of getting to that stage yeah. where you couldn't go spend the night at their houses anymore, and they couldn't come to you know wasn't appropriate yeah. for you to do the same things that you had always done with your friends that were boys. Yeah, and it was just that wanting to still be able to hang out with them in the way I always had. And it, I mean, it didn't last long yeah but it just shows you if you just roll with it with what i mean you don't know if you're what your child is going through it's just this figuring out their identity or one way or the other so just roll with it yeah (laughs) love like love them through let let it happen and that's your job as a parent i mean then by the end of the school year i was in a beauty pageant (laughs) yeah one of my my favorite uh, TV programs of this decade is Adventure Time. A great <laughs> cartoon. There's a character in there named Princess Bubblegum. He's almost in a way kind of like the god of the of the series. She <laughs> and she uh, says, Pe- "Some people are just built different. We don't have to understand it. We just have to respect it." Yep. Yeah. That. And that's that. a kids show. That's great. I know. I, the t- <laughs> is there more you want to say about your dad? Um, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I mean. I said it all in the piece I wrote, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, so. And all, I, I guess just that, like, uh, being a person be crazy. I think the most important thing for me to articulate to myself in that piece that I st- st- sticks with me that I've written about many more times since then is that the, re- the horror of death is that it's absurd that we were ever born to begin with. <laughs> when, you know, Jenny's... Uh, son who's 10 now showed me the game uh Fortnite for the first time which was <laughs> something he it was and i suppose is obsessed with mm-hmm. uh i had never seen it before he really wanted to show me what it was about maddox and, and jenny have a good i mean maddox and and jace have a well they're buddies yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh the the game if you've never played it it, it basically it's a real-time action survival game where a hundred people on the internet have avatars that are dropped onto an island and you land on this island and then you have to like be the last man standing and the image of it is weird because like you're just floating through the air and you hit the ground and then like i was like i don't i really want to someday know if the creators of this type of game which they weren't the first ones like understood that they were kind of they kind of had made what i think is like the best metaphor for what it's merely like to be born mm. in a video game, which is like, you're just dropped into it. Mm-hmm. You didn't ask for it. It's yep. in the video game you do, but like the image of being, I'm floating through the sky and I have to find somewhere to land and then you land and then it's good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. That's interesting. I kind of thought, started thinking about things more that way, you know, when my dad died. Mm. The absurdity of both death and life. They're, yeah. They're yeah. the same. Because yeah. I kind of like don't, I don't want to, it would be really inappropriately like, it would be, inaccurate to say i don't fear death mm-hmm. but in a way i kind of don't because mm-hmm. i don't remember what it was like before i was born yeah and i think it's just gonna be like that yeah i yeah. think that's we you so who said that this weekend somebody said that this weekend oh eli said that yesterday yeah he said um that like explaining death to his daughter he was like do you remember what it was like before you're born she's like no and he's like that's what it's gonna be like when you die like and not everyone agrees with that but yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean... That's how I feel. Yeah, and I think that's... Everyone's experience is different. Everyone collects themselves from different places. Their li- their, everyone's life is just a sum of their own experiences. Their yeah. perspective is... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, but, you I'm good. I, I don't have anything else to say about my dad. Okay, so normally we wrap up every episode with guests with some questions, but because we're going to do another one with you... Um, I wanted to ask, had you had a funeral for your father, what song would you have played? It's really hard to think about not just being 
like stupid with it and playing carry on wayward song yeah <laughs> great song but by the like way. yeah that actually is sort of perfect yeah yeah um i think my sister would probably endorse that although yeah. we never discussed that yeah uh so i don't know what do you think is the most important thing you've learned about yourself through your dad's death our most significant thing That I really like being alive. I think I already knew that, but I had maybe been taking it for granted around this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was dealing with a little bit of a substance abuse problem myself that I mm. wasn't taking totally seriously. Gotcha. And yeah. that really helped me put things in perspective that I do not wish to be dead, it turns yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That was that was important. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. yeah me too. I'd be fucking bummed if you weren't. I'd, yeah. I would... I don't want to. I don't. Let's not. I don't think no. That. <laughs> I just got really sad. Yeah. Do I like Jace. Thank <laughs> you guys. So yeah, Laura, how do you think we should wrap this one up? Um. Let's say, don't take this absurd life for granted because it all ends in a funeral. Bye guys. Bye, Thanks, guys. Jace. See you soon, Jace. <laughs> See ya. Funeral stories is produced by Seth and Molino, and music is by John Pope. Check out our website and blog by going to www.funeralstories.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Funeral Stories and on Instagram at Funeral underscore Stories. Donate to our cause on Patreon to unlock subscriber rewards. And please don't forget to send your funeral stories to funeralstoriespodcast at gmail.com or hello at funeralstories.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and listen on your preferred podcasting service. Thanks, guys. Bye.